We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, what's up, Chiefs Kingdom? Welcome to another episode of Outside the Trenches. I am BJ Kissel, joined as always by Nick Leckie and Tucker Franklin. We This is going to be a fun episode. we got a lot of cool stuff. There's a lot of things going on uh, in Chiefs Kingdom right now. We're less than two weeks away from the opener. Chiefs at Browns at 325 p.m. Central Standard Time at Arrowhead Stadium. Yes, Arrowhead Stadium. But before we get into all that, let's welcome on Nick Leckie. Nick, how are we doing, man? I'm stoked. I'm stoked. We are sure game days here and all that good stuff. Jack Stack is opening <laughs> their Lenexa location on 87th and 435 September 20th. I will be there. I'm going to ask them if I can be there actually. And if not, I'm going to show up and dressed as a bus boy or girl and bus tables and steal people's crown prime ribs because that's the greatest meat in Kansas City. It's like 1A, 1B would be the um, uh, another place that's well-known. Yes. But there's there's no, bad, no bad barbecue. But obviously, right. we're team Jack Stack here because okay. it always hits, right? It doesn't matter if you're in Kansas City or around the country. JackStackBBQ.com ships all over the country. There's nothing better than sitting, having some Jack Stack barbecue and watching the Chiefs take down the Cleveland Browns there on September 12th for the first game. But Tucker, how are we yeah. doing, my guy? I'm good, man. We had a busy week last week. Really, honestly, a hell of a week for KCSN <laughs> when it comes to content. We had Coach Elia Drinkwitz on the Mizzou show talking with Martin Rucker and Tommy Saunders. Phenomenal conversation. I, I was telling my friends who aren't Mizzou fans, uh, if you listen to that podcast, you're going to quickly say, oh, I like this Drinkwitz guy. Like, I like <laughs> what he's doing there. Just what he's doing is really exciting. That was a great conversation. Dustin Colquitt was on one-on-one, a great storyteller with a couple better stories storytellers too with with (laughs) Jeff Allen and Mike DeVito. Uh, So all kinds of stories were talked about there. Uh, You had a phenomenal podcast with Ebony Reed talking about Therese Paler Day and the the phenomenal news about what was going on with the Therese Paler Scholarship. Uh, Now it's reached its endowment at Howard University. That's just wonderful news to see. And it was awesome to see Therese get honored. Um, on Friday, really all throughout the city, that that was pretty touching, pretty special. I was I only got to talk to Therese once, and he I was lucky enough he made time for me during Super Bowl week when I was doing hmm. another podcast that I'll leave out because it's a, I guess a competitor now. 
but when I was when I was there, he made he made 25 minutes for us, um, me and Jordan Foot, and he talked with us about the Chiefs and and what they could do during the Super Bowl to win the Super Bowl. And I just thought that you know his his generosity with his time during that during that stretch where he he's got to be one of the busiest guys on the planet right there, mm-hmm. um, that, that the Super Bowl, and he he made time to talk to us. So that was that was really special, and I'll always carry that with me. Tucker, what was the name of that podcast, and where can people find it? It's uh, Roughing the Kicker. You can find it wherever you're listening to this podcast. It's also on YouTube. So um, Jordan Foote does a phenomenal job with it. So do the guys at Sports Illustrated Chiefs at Arrowhead Report. So. Yes, they're very good. And always sunny mm-hmm. in Chiefs Kingdom. Chiefs Kingdom is very, very yeah. spoiled with the amount of good content and the good dudes that uh, are out there creating good content. And they have a lot of choices. And so when you say competitor, you know I'm going to start laughing because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we've right, talked about right. that so much. We all support each other, lift everybody up. Um but no, that's good. And we should let people know we did have some phenomenal news uh, with, you know, the Therese, you know, A. Paler scholarship at Howard University going into uh, and basically becoming an endowment. So it's guaranteed forever and that the money will just kind of mm-hmm. cyclical um, kind of build. But they still want people to donate. We're still going to donate every single year. And I would implore everybody else to do the same. If Therese yeah. was somebody that you respected in that way, this is a, a perfect way to honor um, what him and who, who he was and what he was about. But um tucker we did have hopefully we were going to have some phenomenal news uh for you personally on a much different level uh <laughs> right saturday for anyone who is really following this tommy townsend punting jersey situation uh with yourself <laughs> we had to we had to bump the schedule on saturday from saturday afternoon to now tuesday at 1 p.m okay. so tuesday at one o'clock at a location that is not going to be announced because we don't need this huge crowd of people showing up. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's working Tuesday at one o'clock. Um, Apparently but we not. Will get, we will get the video. We aren't. Uh, we will get the video of punter uh, of Tucker attempting a punt. And again, for anyone who does not know what we're talking about, if Tucker Franklin can punt a ball thirty-five yards, he will be the proud recipient of a Tommy Townsend jersey. Uh, and Tommy Townsend, is it fair to say, is there? Top five favorite player on the Chiefs? Top one, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, shit. Top yeah. one. That's, yeah. It's like I expected you to say that, but I didn't really expect you to say that. I didn't yeah. expect funny. you to say that. <laughs> All right. That's awesome. So that's coming up Tuesday at 1 o'clock. And what is coming up Tuesday at 4 o'clock uh, across the NFL are cuts around yeah. the entire National Football League going from, I believe, uh, 80 players at this point down to 53. What have you – Tucker, is that correct? Yes, 80 to 50. I believe it's going from 80. Okay. So it's about, what, 27 players that are being cut from every team around the league, which for my bad math, there's a shit ton of people um, that are getting released around the league. And um, obviously that's a huge storyline. It's a little bit different this year than it has been years in the past. I know the CBA tried to have different cut down points. And then last year it's the mess because they didn't even have preseason. And now this year. There's been so much talk, so many projections. You can go over and listen to the laboratory, uh, KC Laboratory with the Nerd Squad with Craig Stout, Ken Swanson, Matt Lane. They do their 53-man projection. Uh, They've been talking about it all offseason. But on this, Nick, I just want to set it up for you. I know that also on -on one-on-one, Mike DeVito and Jeff Allen have done a great job talking from a former player's perspective of what it's like when you get that call or your friends get that call, guys you've been competing with get in that call. But for you personally, just what do you remember about cut-down time and – just kind of humanize it and, and from a player's perspective for anyone who's listening. Cause I know a lot of us get on Twitter. It's like, that guy's gone. That guy's gone. And sometimes you lose sight of that. You know, these are human beings with families. Yeah. yeah there are, some people can be real casual with your, your profession. 
and, and your career. And it, I'm just glad I didn't have Twitter back in the day, but also I think I would have loved it back in the day too. Uh, I, I think the main thing with, with is that, you know, you, you have a good idea on the team who's going to get cut. Uh, you know, who, who didn't play in the preseason game, you know, who's not getting reps with the ones or twos, not getting coached up. Uh, so you have that, that general feel. And I remember when I was uh, in New Orleans, so we won the Super Bowl, they re-signed me, then they traded up in the fifth round to get a center. And I'm like, oh, shit, I'm the backup. And then I knew first day of camp, I didn't get coached up on a, like a one-on-one pass pro. And, and I was like, shit, I'm gone. And so I was like, okay, all right, I'm just going to try out for 31 of the teams with this film. And then I remember like we, we, we started, we had like this meeting uh, the day of cuts. And I remember looking at the Turk, and that's what everyone calls the guy who comes around, usually some young GA um, or, uh, you know, who will go out there and, you know, call people. And I looked at him as before I went into this, this meeting, this special teams meeting. I'm like, hey, do you need to see me? Like, don't let me go in there. Like, do, am I am I good? Like, oh, yeah, 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 you're good. I'm like, whew, okay. But then I wasn't for sure because I've seen guys get cut on, on game day, right? For Not because they were late, but just because they were, they were a vet. It was week one. They didn't <laughs> want to guarantee their salary. So I saw a guy get cut on the road uh, oh. uh, with when I was with the Cardinals in 07. Brad Badger got cut Monday of the game. Like, we flew the game, he, he, and they re-signed him the next day. I said, at least so he got paid. He got paid for the week, and then so he, he didn't miss a payment, but they didn't have to guarantee his salary, you know, for that rest of the year, basically. Mm. So yeah, but yeah. yeah so I, anyway, so then they grabbed me in special teams meeting, and like, hey Nick, and I'm like in the middle of the of the row in a dark room, and like, hey Nick, coaching to see. I'm like, you motherfucker, god dang, I I asked you. <laughs> I'm still bitter about that. <laughs> that guy's probably that's probably like. Ahead. It's probably like yeah. Sean McVay now. Who was that kid? It's Matt LaFleur. It's Matt LaFleur. It was. I don't know who it was, but nah, it's, it's all good. Yeah, no, I think, Tucker, I want to get your quick thoughts. Because like I said, I want to break down the entire 53-man roster. I apologize for anybody who's listening. We'll give some thoughts here in a second because we'll go through our last preseason takeaways here after this. But Tucker, what are your thoughts on the 53-man roster and the, the cutdowns coming up? I think my my just biggest takeaway from this is like this is a huge cut. Like there's a lot of people. Twenty seven guys at one time having to cut. It feels just like almost inhumane. Um, it, it feels like wow, like this is really brutal. But uh, I think that there are some guys who really this last preseason game helped them out. And and having a fourth preseason game could have helped some of these other guys out. So we're really going to get to see the benefits and also the drawbacks of three preseason games which I anticipate this will be the last year they have three, then they'll probably move to two and add an extra bye week. Um, that's kind of the, the speculation with the CBA coming up and, and all that. So uh, I was I was surprised to see Andy Reid play the starters as long as he did. I thought that, that was kind of, this was kind of going to be a, a sit them out, let's see what we got elsewhere type of week. But, uh, yeah, overall, I just think, man, this is going to be a lot of good players going to be out, available on the market. Yeah, I – I was actually able to go to the preseason game. So I got a couple of of takes on that. But as it relates, before we move on to that, as it relates to the cut down on um, Tuesday, one of the things that I remember talking to Brett Veach about my last year when I was with the Chiefs, that was fascinating to me because I couldn't always ask like the juicy, like who's going to make it, who's not. Like that was just questions I wouldn't ask him when we were up at training camp. But I'd ask him like their processes of what they, like how do they, scout like the other how do they how does he set up his scouts to scout like the other 31 teams that 
are playing in the preseason, I know that their scouts sit and watch and grade those games because they grade every player and they watch everyone. Uh, they're not you know scouting Aaron Rodgers when they watch the backers, but we have the Chief scouts are watching every other preseason game and they're watching all the special team snaps and putting grades on those players. And then when they see a guy they like, they basically tag him in this system. So when all these guys get released, it literally the computer will automatically spit out all the numbers of the guys that they flagged that they would want to bring on their team. So they just get the report of everyone who got released and here are the players that we flagged or tagged as guys that we would want to add to our roster. And all that happens automatically, which is the stuff that just blows my mind. It's like, that's awesome. That's cool. Let me see how this works because that's the machination of what happens behind the scenes. So, yeah. you know, as much as we talk about the tough decisions uh, that the Chiefs have to make and they may end up trading, you know, a couple of guys or these guys are going to end up on other teams. They've got that kind of roster. But for... I would suspect there's still going to be one or two players from other teams that get cut that come over here that we're not even thinking about now as being something on this roster just because they get flagged. They had a great preseason. And I always remember that when it's this time of year about that conversation with Brett and the way that they tag players. Always fascinating to me because you get those young area scouts that are up at training camp. It's already a grind. It's two o'clock in the morning and they're scouting, you know, the punt return on the fourth quarter of some other preseason game. And it's just like, the guys walk around like zombies all the time, but um, that's the one thing. And the other thing regarding cuts on Tuesday that fans, when they make their 53-man rosters, there are situations with vets who are injured and different reasons why, contract-wise. Well, you'll think a guy made the team. That's got to be the worst feeling, Nick, and I'm pretty sure you probably know guys that have been in this situation. You make the initial round of cuts, and you're like, I made the 53, and it's only because there's a vet who can't make the initial or his contract's guaranteed or whatever. He makes like two days, and then you're cut, and so you get that like, ah, I made it, and then you find out you didn't. And there's going to be a couple of those guys this year, Kyle Long being one, whenever he comes back, he's going to boot somebody off that roster. Um, So just because you make it that first day doesn't mean you're actually in the clear. Yep. Not clear Nick. until the whistle blows on kickoff at oh. all. You know, it's just, it's brutal, man. Like, you're not clear. Like, I mean, I was the starter in St. Louis, but I always felt like a bubble guy. And I was the opening day starter. And Aaron was like, hey, I want to I want to rent this or lease this 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 uh, apartment in St. Louis. And I'm like, wait till kickoff. And then do it. Because <laughs> I was that paranoid. I was seriously, I was like that paranoid that like, I, I knew I was, I'm starting for Christ's sakes. So I knew what, but I, I was like, <laughs> I don't trust the system. <laughs> I've seen it. I've seen people get burned, man. I'm, no, you're not going to get me. You're not. All right, let's me. let's move on to the this preseason takeaways uh, from I guess the last preseason game. Uh, Tucker, I want to start with you. Um, what did what stood out to you uh, on the game on Friday? It stood out that Patrick Mahomes is going to be okay. Um, I know a lot of people are kind of freaking out that he threw an, an interception in the end zone in, in week two. A lot of people like to draw out what happens Terrible. in these preseason games. He was fine. He was 8 for 9, 117 yards, 158.3 passer rating. Um, he's still the best quarterback in the league and was actually named the best player in the league by the players this past week. Uh, the NFL Network released their list. Finally, a list I agree with, um, by the way. But, <laughs> no, so I think Patrick Mahomes, he's going to be fine. He's going to be the best quarterback in the league once again. He'll probably win MVP again because of this offensive line he has around him. I'm not worried about this offense at all. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think I think my my only thing is um, I'll be concerned about like the one on one pass pro with Orlando Brown uh, if Patrick starts keeps drifting like he's doing. I mean, you drop ten mm-hmm. yards in that pocket, he's going to be in for some trouble. But that's why you have uh, Tooney and Creed uh, and Trey to the middle to step up. You know, be kind of like a 
like a Drew Brees system where you, your guards are, are powerful and able to step up. And once Patrick, once he figures that out, once he is not figuring out, once he gets comfortable with that, Jesus Christ, that's yeah. <laughs> it's all. Oh my god! They're video game numbers anyway. Correct. Like Correct. we have never seen anything yeah. like this, and Correct. now he's out there throwing. And I put out on Twitter like that little sidearm throw he made. It wasn't even just the throwing off platform and just the way he makes it look, but it's just the way he avoided contact. Like just kind of like almost pimped it. Like I just say like that's always just pimping it, just throwing it, and just like he's like running off the field. Like that's the equivalent of like Steph Curry hitting a three and like holding his hand up and jogging back when the ball's in the air. The way that Mahomes kind of uh, skipped after throwing that ball to avoid contact. But um, I'd say my biggest takeaway from the game, besides the fact that I was able to go to the game, uh, which was really, really cool. Um, went to the, the Jets game a couple years ago with the family, but that was the first time since then that we were able to all go together. Only stayed the first half, uh, but had a really good view of, of that throw uh, that Mahomes had. Kind of the same like all 22. We were in the end zone. Uh, we were able to see it. It was really, really special. But uh, special shout out to Chris Schneider at Let It Fly Media for the for hooking us up with the tickets. That was really, really special. Uh, anyone who follows me knows. Um, pretty cool to go to the game with my kids. Uh, so looked forward to that. Uh, but on the field, the thing that stood out to me the most, um, again, and I think I've probably the third week I've said this, the cornerback's physicality always stands out to me. Charvarius Ward has always had that in him. Um, but when you see like DeAndre Baker come up and continually making those plays on those bubble screens and all, they're fighting through blocks and they just come up and they are not afraid to hit somebody and make a play. Uh, it's great to see for a position that I had been saying for a long time, I thought they were going to bring in a veteran and I'm just going to keep saying, cause eventually they will. And it could be three years. And I was like, I told you they would bring in a veteran cornerback. Um, but it was really cool to see, um, those guys step up. So you've got Traverius Ward and Mike Hughes, DeAndre Baker, Rashad Fenton, and then obviously Jerry Sneed uh, stepping up. That that in group is a lot more intriguing going into the regular season, and I have a lot more optimism than I did at the beginning of the preseason. Um, and that's a great thing for that group, um, knowing that Patrick Holmes is going to put up points, and you're going to face teams that are going to throw the ball, and you get in the playoffs, you're going to have to beat a couple of good quarterbacks, which means they're going to have to make plays on the ball. Uh, with your defensive backs, and it's great to see those guys get some confidence. Uh, and then the two other players um, that I'm just going to jump in right now that surprised me in the preseason, I want to get a couple of players for each of you that were just pleasant surprise. Doesn't mean they're going to make the team because the two guys I have are not going to make the team. Hopefully they make a practice squad somewhere, but it's just these guys deserve to get shouted out for the way they played. And the first one I want to go with, running back Derek Gore. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought he had a great preseason. He is stuffed behind a loaded group of running backs. But that guy looked like he belonged in this league, the way that he ran, his physicality, everything he did looked like it fit. Like, the game wasn't too fast. Like, he was right there. Uh, and he ran hard. He ran through a lot of tackles, and it just seemed like that's a guy that was fighting for a roster spot. I didn't watch him on special teams. I don't know about any of that for the opportunity for maybe him to get hooked up with another team. For somebody that saw him on tape, they have to see that special teams. He's not going to be a starter somewhere, but I thought he was really good. And then Tyler Clark, I was just I came out of nowhere that last game with the goal line stand. I know that everybody on you know, Twitter made a big deal of that I know that uh, Patrick Allen over at Fansided put it perfectly. He just said like, "You win Super Bowls because your entire starting defense is that engaged." in the fourth quarter of a preseason game on a goal line stand to where they're out celebrating with the third stringers who are about to get cut. Mm-hmm. Like I thought the same thing and he put it eloquently and very, very perfect, but like that stuff matters. 
And if people get on Twitter and they're like, that shit doesn't matter. Like, then those guys aren't going to make the team. Like you have, you've never been on a team and you've never been around a team that's won anything special <laughs> because there's a whole different set of accountabilities when all of a sudden you don't want to let the guy next to you down because you know, he genuinely gives a shit about you. Like that stuff matters. Um, and this team has that in spades and it starts with Tyron Matthews. So they better fucking pay him. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Agreed. That, that's the one. You know, you know who, who I, I liked a lot, um, uh, Willie Gay. I, I think he's really like, I, I love yeah. how, I love how last year, like his nickname was turbo. Right. And usually when you get that nickname from your players, it's like, well, slow down turbo. As far as like, you know, he, he not only cause he moves quick, but because that means he's a go hard guy. And, and he, he's in practice going hard. He's, he's being physical, you know, and some, some vets are like, Hey, don't whatever. But I, I like when a rookie comes in and it's just going to be fast. It's almost like, like the Trey Smith, how he's pancaking dudes in practice. It's, it's that mentality that, man, I don't know. This is my speed and it's bang energy at, at 10 PM on a, on a Sunday night for no reason. Right. Just because oh, there's a reason jacked up because you are jacked up. Right. <laughs> And that's what I love about, about Willie Gay, right? Is, and he's, still, and he's, he wants contact, but he also knows he's got finesse, right? Like he can, he can, he can finesse it. He can get through with, with power and he's learning finesse and, and his speed. And, oh my God, it's, it's a really cool thing to see. It, it, it's a really cool thing to see. And then my other he, one is who, who got the touchdown, the second touchdown? Kemp. Mm-hmm. Was it Kemp that had the second one? Uh, it was a tight end, right? No, Blake Bell. Blake Bell is the second one. The Bell Dozer, right? Yes, yep. that's true. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude can pass block. <laughs> dude was one-on-one pass blocking out there and then catches a touchdown like the next play. I was like, oh, my God. Like, wow. Like, we were talking about Kelsey and Noah Gray. We forgot about the Bell Dozer. You know, like ex, ex-quarterback. Ex-quarterback playing tight end. Like, if you can talk about big brain, big brain right there. I mean, that's <laughs> you, you go from playing quarterback love to, to see playing tight end. You do love to see it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Tucker, who do you got? I don't, I don't know if there's any players in this league that weren't former quarterbacks. It seems like when everyone brings up like the player's history, like this guy was a quarterback in junior high. Uh, it's <laughs> like, this, this guy was a quarterback in high school. Nick was not. Um, and that's okay. You don't have to be a former quarterback. But uh, one of the guys that stuck out to me, and I think, you know, we've been talking about him a lot, especially the KC Labble during the live shows. And Maddie and I talked about him during the 21 Questions podcast. Darius Fountain. Uh, that guy has gotten a lot of looks, a lot of reps. And I think Kent Swanson said it perfectly on Twitter. He has gotten a lot of reps. He has gotten a lot of looks. But it hasn't been with Patrick Mahomes. Um, that's kind of a big thing when you start to look at this receiving core. Okay, who are they catching passes from? If it's Shane Bouchelle and Anthony Gordon, they're probably not going to be on this roster. And I, I think Therese Fountain can can find a way on a roster. I think he's played great this preseason. And I think he's shown that he belongs in this league as a, as a good uh, high-point catcher, as a good uh, deep ball threat. And he can also catch those underneath routes. So I, I like Therese Fountain. He was one of those guys that really showed out. And also uh, Prince Tega. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name because I really butchered it on the 21 Questions podcast. And uh, I, if I go fast enough, someone's going to call me out on it. So just 
PTW, I think is what somebody is the abbreviation somebody used for him. Is you know he's looked good. He he very well could make this roster as a swing tackle. I mean that's that's very possible, but it's also a situation where there's just too many cooks. There's just too many people in that offensive line room. And then we start looking at all the numbers of like, okay, are the Chiefs gonna take four running backs? Or are they gonna take two running backs and a fullback with Michael Burton? Uh, how many wide receivers do they take? Do they only take? 10 offensive linemen or are they going to take 11 because when Kyle Long comes back as you already mentioned BJ he's going to bump somebody out of there so this whole offensive configuration of how many of each position they take like are they going to take four tight ends uh, they've got a lot of they've got some solid tight end options with Noah Gray with Travis Kelsey with Blake Bell and now Jody Fortson has shown up to be a really good tight end so that's four tight ends right there do you really want to take four tight ends and four running backs and then it's just like it's just getting really crowded really quick um and i think that that's kind of my my main takeaway from this game is like man we're seeing a lot of good good stuff from these from these players There's just not enough room tucker how excited are you right now from a scale from one to ten like nick nick sees it too like you're fired up talking about this roster i, I, I just, talk, love, I just love to see it it's the talent from like top to bottom that's just like so exciting i think i think that's what just like gives you energies like you look at it you're like man those four tight ends we're used to having you know a, a third or fourth or third tight end that you know can't catch the ball very much on the very well occasions <laughs> then you're used to having a fourth tight end that's inactive every week so uh so you're now looking at four tight ends that could legitimately play the position very well it could be a starter in the league i think in other places so you got four of them on your team and then you look at the running backs and like you already mentioned with with uh, Gore, that's a crowded room. Jerick McKinnon came in and really made that a tough position for Daryl Williams, who was a, a feature back last year when Clyde Solaire went down. And Clyde Solaire's looked a whole lot better. He didn't play in the last preseason game just because you know didn't want to make his injury worse. But there's a lot. There's just a lot of things that can happen. Michael Burton coming in for Anthony Sherman uh, and to fill that fullback role. Do they really want to take another fullback on in this offense? Do they need a fullback in this offense? There's just a lot of questions that will be answered on Tuesday. Yeah, and it stood out to me when the preseason, you know, broadcast crew and Ari Wolf and Trent Green and those guys mm-hmm. were talking about Michael Burton and they were like, He's making the team. Yeah. The in house production team does not say that unless he's making it, and that's when I was just like, <laughs> All right, I guess we're taking a fullback. <laughs> like yeah. that's the confirmation that I needed right there. Um that's yeah. a pretty emphatic statement uh about who's gonna make the roster. When you hear things like that from in house state media, <laughs> like it says something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I'm fascinated to see how Brett Veach and, and Mike Borgonzi and coach Reed and Ryan Poles and all the guys behind the scenes that, uh, Mike Bradway, all those scouts behind the scenes that have been grinding, um, all of these rosters and they may pick up one or two guys when all the dust settles and know that those one or two guys is probably like 400 hours worth of work yeah. watching <laughs> these scouts, watching these games and the, dark up in St. Joe and then getting up at six o'clock in the morning and going through it all over again and staying up till two o'clock in the morning. Like it really is a grind. And then when one of that one guy that they pick up makes a special teams tackle in a big moment and it's all going to feel like it's worth it. And it's like that one tackle. (laughs) Some guys is losing his mind. It's like, what's that guy so excited about? Like, you know how much work it took to get that tackle. So vacation is mine. Absolutely. But you, but Nick, you know, those stories, like those little types of things when you're in and you're playing, like, you know, those stories of like, Hey, that one guy saw that thing on tape that, 
like assistant offensive line coach saw that one little nugget that he told you and then it worked in a game and it like led to a big play and you just thought it was hey the running back made a great play it's like there's so much more to it and that's the cool part is learning how everybody's involved and how everybody does that so um anyway nick it's time for your segment say it what segment? It's time for blind nil <laughs> hey Can't uh, do it. Uh, okay so I, I i'm gonna i'm not gonna go to bed uh happy tonight if i don't mention this too to tucker's point for tight ends look at who plays tight uh special teams right that's your yeah. tight end room man so that's gonna man yeah. those guys are two first they are two first so that's gonna be that i could see a possibility that you do four tight ends because you got four really good tight ends really good tight ends okay blind nil you're up first buddy so we know we know the offense is what it is and then the defense is going to be you know defense is always solid these past couple years with with matthew and clark how besides wins and losses how will we measure or how will we say this year's chiefs defense is really good or really bad like like what how do you guys measure that outside of like points and sacks i guess so to speak i mean you can you can add pressures but you know how do you measure this year's i mean look back at the season you know how are you going to measure success what i think i got a good one tucker you go first because i'm thinking the dumb obvious stuff like they won the super bowl <laughs> the amount of possessions that patrick mahomes has so if he yeah. has more possessions this year than he does than he has had in you know years past i think that that's a pretty good barometer of how good the defense is doing and i know that sucks for me to say oh the the off how good the offense does is going to be how good the defense does uh that kind of sounds you know weird but i think that that especially with the team led by patrick mahomes and you have tyree kill and travis kelsey and clavard solaire on the offense I mean, you got to score points to win. I mean, everyone knows that. So the more the more opportunities you can give those guys to score points, that's that's how I think the the kind of the the gauge of how successful this defense is. If they can get three and outs, they can get you know quick stops. They can get the ball in Patrick Mahomes' hands more. Listen, that was the strategy for a long time, right? Get these long drives, take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands. They can quickly negate that strategy very very quick. Tucker, that's a really good answer. I was, sorry, Nick, go ahead. No, no, you're good. You're good. I like it because I was thinking something similar that wasn't a stat, but it was kind of the same with like takeaways. Like if the Chiefs yeah. finish in the top five in takeaways, I don't think they're going to lose a game because you're giving Patrick Mahomes, same point, like you're giving Patrick Mahomes that many possessions. Um, I'm going to de- determine the success of the Chiefs defense by whether or not they pay Tyron Matthew or not. <laughs> <laughs> I love you were banging that so, drum so hard. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that. And, but I've been banging that drum since I saw him. Since I saw the difference of what happened when he walked in that building. Yeah, that I'm not going to say it's the same as Mahomes because you're talking about the greatest player that we're ever going to see. Um, but the leadership is not BS. It's not cliche. It's not this. It's not that. Like there was a buy-in between him and Frank and what they brought to that room uh, that I will take with me for 30 years. I'll be talking about it because it was that apparent to me. And I've made those. I've made some pretty big statements about those two guys, uh, and Tyron and Frank, and what they did for the defense to some people that helped bring them in there. And no one's corrected me yet. So I love that. I love that. No, and that I, I love that. Uh, I, Tucker, I, I think I agree. I think I think possessions for Mahomes is going to be it. 
Uh, and then also the offense has to support the defense with long drives too. So Chiefs offense has to, so you could always look back to see, okay, did they get possession from Mahomes? But then also were the Chiefs going three and out a bunch and wearing out the defense like what happened in the Super Bowl? Everyone's forgets, you know, they made a fourth and one goal line stop in the Super Bowl in the first or second quarter. You know, then they got gassed because they were going three and out and that's, then they fell apart. And then BJ, I, I, I like that. I like, I like what you said, takeaways. But top mm. five in takeaways. You know, who gives a shit about? I've looked back at Super Bowl winners. You just have to have a top ten defense, top ten to top fifteen yeah. defense. You will win. You will win ball games. Yeah, so, yeah. you don't have to have this dominant. Top, I mean, the, you don't have that at the top defense. And, no. And the other thing that people need to realize is that when people say like, "Oh, they're the they're the nineteenth ranked defense." Everybody uses different measuring. Most of the the widely accepted thing is yards. Like that's what no, most media no. uses, which makes no sense. No. I agree with you because it's points. Points the only thing that matters. Yeah. But like most people are using yards to determine like, oh, they're the 25th ranked defense. And that's what drove me crazy about Bob Sutton. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bob Sutton, at least the first, like the last couple years versus like the first few years is that Bob Sutton during his tenure with the Chiefs had a top five scoring defense. Like nobody wants to talk about that, but like the Chiefs right. didn't give up points. We can do the bend but don't break crap, and we could talk about excuses all over the place. The last year wasn't as great, but those first few years, like we were like sixth in the league or third in the league in scoring defense, um, which is the only Nick to your point is the only stat that matters. Um, but that being said, do you have any other thoughts, Nick, before we move on to Tucker's blind nail segment? No. All right, Tucker, what do you got for us? So I was going back and forth between a lot of things. You've already mentioned the Tyron Matthew thing. Uh, we we saw Harrison Smith come out with a contract. He got signed today. So Tyron Matthew was on Twitter letting people know that the disrespect was real. Um, listen, people, don't read into those tweets all that much. But I want to talk about possibly a bigger issue. Possibly a bigger issue. And you kind of you briefly touched on it at the very beginning of the show. The renaming of the field at Arrowhead Stadium. I want to know your guys' thoughts on this because it's it's a really hot topic in Chiefs Twitter. Does it matter that the field Thanks, is Tucker. named G-E-H-A field or does that even blip your radar? For me personally, I'll go ahead and start. I don't mind it. Maybe it's just because my age. Maybe it's because I'm so young and I'm used to everything being branded the way it is. It doesn't bother me. Um, if you can bring in more revenue, do it. Um, I get that. You know, there's a lot of ticky-tack things with naming rights and how they can be used with the team. I don't know if they can be used in signing bonuses. Um, I've still yet to figure that out. I thought that they could, but I had somebody tell me they couldn't be. So, uh, listen, I don't I don't mind it. If they're not going to change the name of Arrowhead, which they, I don't think they ever will, uh, naming the field doesn't really make me that upset. But I'm 23 years old, and every stadium that I've ever known has had a corporate name, so probably that plays into my... Um, ability to form an opinion on this decision. My heart hurts for you, Tucker. Oh. It hurts. DJ. It hurts. DJ, <laughs> this DJ poor guy Tucker doesn't know anything about corporate. Different, like different It's true, though. I don't. I, I'm nostalgic, though. Like This stuff matters. Yeah. Like, and I'm going to be one of those people who's like, what does it matter to you? It's like, because it fucking does, okay? Like I grew up going to that and seeing that iconic stadium and working for a place that honors tradition. And mm-hmm. I feel like you have to make business, you have to make a decision, but you can't have it both ways. And that's kind of the place that they're in. And I don't mind them having to make money. I don't think they don't have money to pay Patrick Mahomes. 
Like, I think they're doing okay. I think they're doing okay. They sold out of everything everywhere forever because we have the best player in NFL history at 25 years old living in our community. Like, they're selling tickets. They're selling suites. They're selling merchandise. They're selling everything. And they sold the naming rights so they could go make more money. And I don't have to, like, knock. I'm not knocking on a company for going and making money. But I can personally have an opinion that I think it. I it's ugly up there. But my bigger issue is like the lean. It just is. It's not like iconic anymore. It just kind of bastardized the logo to me. It bastardized something that was very iconic and something that was very traditional in the sense where, Tucker, to your point, that a lot isn't anymore. And it's one thing to sell it. It's another thing to lean in so far that you do a 50-yard line live show reveal of it on your social media channels. And you're leaning. Like, what fan is sitting at home like so excited to watch that? I'm sorry. Like yeah. that didn't make sense. You sell it, get the, the get the messaging out there, but don't be upset when fans are like pushing back about a banner reveal and live. I don't, I didn't get that, but mm-hmm. go make your money. I get that part of it, but don't be surprised when people like me that are old and curmudgeon look at it and like, it's not the same. It doesn't feel the same. When I take my kids, it's not going to feel the same to look up there and see GHA knowing in five years, it could say T-Mobile or it could say something else. You know, I think I think that's funny that you said that, BJ. Um, have you guys ever seen a movie, Dazed and Confused? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yes. BJ, you remind me of Randall Pink, the quarterback. <laughs> who they're like, they're like, hey, hey, Randall, uh, s- sign this paper, and then they're like, it's just a paper, and you're like, no, it's not just a paper, right? I gotta go get some Aerosmith <laughs> tickets, man. Top priority of the top priority of the summer. <laughs> I might play ball, I might not, but I ain't never signing this. <laughs> That's what you sound like. That's awesome, man. And I love it because you're consistent. It's, hey, it's who you are. You're just consistent. You're consistent. You want to know like where my hot takes are. Like, I, I love That's that. It. Yeah, I, I absolutely love that. No, it's fantastic. I don't like it. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Tucker. I don't give a shit. I mean, it, it's, it's nice that we had Arrowhead, you know, forever, but they got, they're in this to make money. Uh, you know, and that's one of the things that it's just, it is what it is. And hopefully they can sign some more people to them. Robert Kraft deals, you know, where, where he was paying, paying Tom Brady on the side type thing. You know, that's how you get all them, them veterans in. That's how you win a lot of games is, you know, having that money to do that kind of stuff. So that gives the Clarks, you know, that, uh, flexibility to, to give players more money, bring in more people. And I'm with you, BJ, where it is iconic. Arrowhead was nice. Uh, but yeah. I, I was a kid growing up in Texas stadiums where the Cowboys played and now yeah. it's AT&T, uh, AT&T yeah. stadium or people call it Jerry's world, you know, <laughs> but it's, it, it is what it is. You know, we live in a, uh, corporatocracy anyways, you know, corporations run the world and it is what it is, man. They got deep hey. pockets that can do it. I'll, I'll go on record right now on August 29th. 2021 that if they name it Whataburg, Whataburger Stadium and Patrick Holm negotiates the deal for his own businesses to, to be named after that I'll, at that point I'll be like you know what that's just creative when I'm in um, that could be that's awesome <laughs> I'm with yeah, that I, actually yeah yeah. what is that would I be like have... that would be next level mm-hmm. yeah I remember when the naming rights in uh, Arizona from when we opened the new stadium in 06 uh, University of Phoenix Stadium and people like there was so much thought like there was a there was a restaurant called the pink taco that came in town and there was like rumors bad ones that it was going to be called that 
Uh, oh, I thought if I ever won Powerball, I was going to name Bronco like Bron- Mile High, like Arrowhead West. <laughs> just spend, it only costs like $10 million a year. It'd be That's a naming bad. rights. I think Caesars was like 12. I don't know what GHA is, probably like eight, something like that um, yeah. per year. But you know what the best way to get fans on board with something that they don't, they're not going to like and people like me is to trick them into thinking that the only reason, only way you can pay Patrick Mahomes is to slap a corporate logo on the building. I wonder where that rumor started. Yeah. Um, but, all right, so my... <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> Hang on a second. <laughs> You're not going to just trash me like that and move on. <laughs> I, t- I tweeted that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. No, but... I'm saying, like, I wonder where the rumor started. Hey, you gotta you gotta settle some nerves somehow, right? Like you gotta you gotta get that. the listen, masses calmed down. Listen, in, when in doubt for the next like fifteen years, it's just make it about Mahomes being safe, exactly. him being here, him being happy, him being paid, and then everyone be like, you know what? It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. We don't care. Yeah. You gotta wear. Everyone's gotta wear like a full on like Bane mask into the stadium and keep Patrick Mahomes safe. Okay, you know what? That's yes. okay. Do it. That'll, that'll just do it. Change do the it messaging. All right, so let's go to final blind little segment. That would be mine, and try something a little lighthearted um, here. And the only answers that you cannot give, obviously, quarterback it wouldn't matter, but Aaron Donald cannot be the answer. If you could take any player off any other NFL team right now and put them on the Chiefs, contract notwithstanding, don't worry about fitting their con- don't don't jack up this with a bunch of questions. Um, <laughs> any player, any player, don't say like, oh, we can't fit him under the cellar. I don't care. Just put a player on the roster. <laughs> Minimum deal. Who would you pick? And it's not Aaron Donald because we'd all three have the same answer. Uh, Tucker, so you get to go yeah. first because Nick looks really confused right now. No, I got yeah. my guy. I, know oh, okay. I, think, I think if I was to take somebody, um, I, my, my first thought was actually wide receiver. So like, uh, Devonta Adams, I think from, from green Bay come to be one of the best wide receivers, but the best wide receiver in the league, who I'm always going to say is the best wide receiver in the league, Deandre Hopkins would be one hell of a weapon to add to this offense. And I absolutely love Deandre Hopkins always will always have, and to have him have Patrick Mahomes throwing him the football. I can't pass up that opportunity. What Nick, was that yours? No, what a great trade, though. Okay. I just still remember that Houston <laughs> trade. I was like, was so bad. who's drunk? Who's drunk? Is everyone drunk in the building right now with that trade? That was awesome. That was brilliant. Um, so I, I was thinking that same same vein. Like a, a, a part of me wanted um, uh, is it Zendarius Smith? Who's the who's the badass? Zendarius Smith and Green Bay. Oh my mm-hmm. God, that dude's a monster. Uh, or Bosa, you know, I was looking at like DNs, yeah. like people who can just give you that constant pressure, uh, you know, that people want, I guess, but maybe not a fit for the Spagnola defense. And then I was like, wait a minute, what's something that's kind of relevant and and could have happened, but didn't happen. And then now we see DK Metcalf. Like, you see it? Yeah, I, I'm yeah. not trying to start any shit right here at all. Um, it's I, I love, you know, I think McColl is a fantastic pick, and he scores touchdowns. Uh, he's a machine. Didn't have the neck injury uh, as DK, but the, the the pick before, pick after Nicole was DK Metcalf. And I just I just love the idea of, like, I love Sammy Watkins because he's a big wide receiver, right? But the DK Metcalf is on another level. And you have that type of wide receiver. So you got, you got big, 
Megatron-ish beast, and you got Tyreek Hill, which you got the cheetah and the lion. Oh my god, these oh. things just fight themselves. That's pretty good. That's really good. You guys both took like both wide receivers. Two, yeah, those are good answers because they're impactful. Like right away, like, like part of me wants to take Quentin Nelson or Zach Martin and just be like, "Hey, I don't care where you move everybody. Like, ain't nobody touching 15, and we'll be fine." Um, I'm gonna go with Jalen Ramsey. I don't know how his personality would fit in that locker room, but damn, you know, like you're gonna be playing to win the Super Bowl. You're gonna have to beat two really good quarterbacks who can throw the football in the playoffs. Like, and that doesn't mean Ryan Tannehill. I'm talking like guys, Josh Allen, like guys who can throw the football um, consistently and beat you. Uh, not play action pass you because they got a monster at running back. So I'm going to go and say Jalen Ramsey because I just think him and Tyron Matthew on the same defense would be fun. And you'd know he'd get targeted and you'd shut down that side of the field, whatever you want to say about him. Like, it's the best cornerback there is in the game. And it's an impactful position when you have Patrick Mahomes on your roster. And, and I love – I think Jalen Ramsey is is ahead of his time, not only with his play, but with where the NFL is going – is and and I think it should be more encouraged. Like, I think taunting should be more encouraged at the pro yeah. level. College and high school shut that shit down. No, but if you make it to the pros, if 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 you're an adult and you make it to the pros, I think you should be allowed to taunt. I, I These guys up, have money guns at seven on seven tournaments right now. <laughs> They're like fourteen years you old. You don't need that. You don't need that in high school or college. No, you have to earn the right to taunt. Right, and Jalen Ramsey's ahead of his time because he is a uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, he's selling wolf tickets, man. And it's one of them cats. He's polarizing. You're either, oh, why is he talking all that noise? Or you're like, damn, I like this cat because he is he mm-hmm. is talking so much shit to people and he can back it up. That's so that's so I I wish yeah. I was good enough to do that shit. That I, I wish I was like supreme being and knew it and fully aware of it. But yeah, Jalen Ramsey, I love his attitude. I love I love that shit. That wasn't for me, but I love that. I love that. Yeah, I, you want that on your team. You hate that guy That's, when he's on the yeah. other team, and you put him on your team, you love it. So yes. I was going to go defensive back, and Jalen Ramsey's easy decision. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it wasn't him, like Harrison Smith, honestly, just put another ball-hawking safety back there. Yeah. A lot of people say Jamal Adams, and the only reason I'm not saying Jamal Adams is I know our guy Tyron does not think Jamal Adams is a better safety than he is. It's like Justin Simmons, Harrison Smith are the guys that he always talks about first, so I'm going to trust that dude and go with Jalen Ramsey, but Harrison Smith could be up there because that dude yeah. can absolutely play football and plays an impactful position when, again, you have Patrick Mahomes on your team. So we are just about wrapping up and give these guys one last thought for you before we wrap up this episode of Outside the Trenches. Again, we thank you all for listening. Please continue to subscribe if you haven't already to all the different channels uh, and places that you could listen to podcasts. And then uh, check out our website at kcsportsnetwork.com. Yeah. Buy a t-shirt if you're feeling uh, supportive of what we have going on, but we've got a lot of cool stuff. Uh, we've got a KU Mizzou college basketball podcast that could be announced this week. Um, that is going to be a lot of fun to throw a little teaser out here for people who are listening 45 minutes in. But Nick, before we let it go, what are your parting words? Man, um, I feel for you uh, on Tuesday if you're getting released and if you know if that's your last down of football. You know, I hope it was fun. You know, you made it to the NFL, so there's that. And just if you're on Twitter, remember, they're human beings. Uh, they just got cut. And be respectful, be nice, and have a good day. And Tucker, yeah, punt. 
this is Dave, my pun as well. Yeah. Um, I'm going to be practicing, going to be gearing up, got to get the legs stretched out, might flip up different styles for punting. I don't know yet. Doing a little bit of the uh, scientific method to, de- to determine what is the correct style for my one punt. Um, as I was mentioning before the podcast, I was peppering the 34-yard line, but I got to really start <laughs> peppering that 36-yard line if I want to want to get anything. So we're gonna be we're gonna be doing a lot of experiments here at practice this week, um, as high school football is well underway in the state of Missouri and I believe the state of Kansas as well. So go out on the Friday nights. It's I think that's when you get football in its purest form is in Friday night lights. Love high school football and. It should be a lot of fun. I know everybody's gearing up. We are less than two weeks away from the Chiefs home opener. But thank you so much for tuning into this episode. We will see you all next time. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.